You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There is a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for June 16th, 2017. It's not safe for work. Coming to you live from the Midwest's largest unity and coming together dealership, it's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Development Week, Blue Gal. Happy Workforce Development Week. I heard it was going to be Workforce Development Week, and they sure yeah. did create some jobs this week for uh, criminal defense attorneys. Many, many lawyers. Many, yeah. many, many there lawyers. Are, their lawyers are lawyering up. Donald Trump's personal lawyer hired a lawyer today. You know, there's a, a an old poem or something that goes like, um, uh, big fleas have little fleas upon their backs to bite them and little fleas have lesser fleas and so on ad infinitum. That's kind of what lawyering is like now in Washington. Yeah. Every lawyer gets a lawyer. Yeah. So they beat themselves coming and going. And you know what? I hear that to accommodate this sudden upsurge in uh, business, the uh, one of our presenting sponsor, uh, where the good Lord split you, emergency feral party planners, is having a special summer long witch hunt sale on cakes and balloons and party hats. So, so if someone in your office is uh, all of a sudden leaving very suddenly, they're ready for you. They're ready for you. You can just White jump House. in there. Yeah. <laughs> if you walk to your office this morning or this afternoon or tomorrow, if you're a White House staffer who was dumb enough to uh, hang on to the ship as it went down and now you have to lawyer up and blow your life savings because the president's a lunatic and his people are madmen and demagogues and criminals. Well, A, you, you had it coming. Absolutely and, had it coming. And B, if you show up at your office and you see a, where the good Lord split you, emergency farewell party planner van in front, uh, that should ta- be taken as a sign that you, you got to go get that banker's box and start clearing out your desk. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you're probably going to be fired. And there's and no time probably... for cake. You're not going to have time to eat your cake, but everybody else will. Yeah, they will They will miss you. <laughs> You'll be like the ensign in Star Trek that nobody's ever heard of until the you know the first five minutes. Oh, poor ensign red shirt. Yep. We miss him so it was so very sad that he had to go. Disposable and, crew member. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. You are you are a fucking disposable crew member. Except it's gonna cost you because your boss has made it necessary for you to go hire a two hundred dollar an hour DC attorney. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's gonna tell you why ask you why the fuck didn't you quit six months ago? That's what the, first the hell question. is wrong with you? Yep. I don't know. I, and, you know, I, I understand if you're like a 12-year-old staffer who just wanted to work in the White House. I understand. And I, I have a, some fe- – but par- some parent or adult guardian out there should have taken you aside and said, are you sure you want to go in the bunker? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Because I can hear the Russian artillery getting really close. Now <laughs> is not the time to go, you know what? I'm going all in with this Reich. I'm going down to the bunker. We're going to party like it's 1994. And no, it's not working out really well for you. So because this week, and we're not going to jump into our, our agenda because uh, we have many, many, many things to talk about. But this is the week. This is the day, actually, since we're recording this on Friday, that uh, Donald Trump decided to go after uh, Rosenstein. Yeah. Uh, in order to make it possible uh, to fire him, I'm guessing, and hire someone who will in turn make it possible for Mike Pence to be president for a few months. Well, I don't I I personally think that what happened, this is my take on it, is that mm-hmm. Donald Trump told Rosenstein to write another magic memo. Yes. That Hugh Hewitt would love 
And yes. that would give the right wing and Fox and Friends, who's, you know, Trump state media, something to say, oh, but this this Rosenstein memo says this. And so, and this is the way it was when when Comey was fired. Right. right. The Rosenstein memo answers everything. This was yes. this was Hugh Hewitt's line. Yes. Any other conversation crosses the streams and is unnecessary. That's right. The Rosenstein memo answers everything about the Comey firing that you need to know. You don't need a special prosecutor. Everything's fine. That's right. And so given that things are bubbling up again and again and again, uh, Donald decided that uh, he needed another magic memo that everybody would go, oh, well, this is okay. And it oh, just God. fell flat uh, because... What Trump wanted Rosenstein to write made no sense. No, it was it was the it was he wanted the gibbering, uh, raw id, uh, madman voice that goes on in Donald Trump's head all day, every day, to be mm-hmm. translated into legal language, and that's right. not possible. Right, right, and so, and the belief that is very evident on Fox and Friends this morning that. Anything Donald Trump doesn't like in the news is a leak and is illegal. That's right. That's and a new that's just not well, that's just not true. No. And uh, the media, I do think the media has again and, and they, they never fail to disappoint. But I think they are again turning a corner <laughs> again and mm-hmm. saying, look, it's not a leak if it's not classified. It's not a leak if we have an anonymous source, which, by the way, for the past year and a half has been yeah. Kellyanne Conway yes. 60% of the time. Yes. Um, so it's not a leak if it's just some unnamed source that we turn to. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessary for us to tell you, Donald Trump, who's tattling on you. No. Uh, and so this this memo was, don't believe leaks if they don't tell you what country they come from. Right. Whoa, did that open a door. Yeah, well, because people know uh-huh. that the Germans are tattling on Trump. Sure. People know that our allies that have any banking information on Trump are spilling it. Oh, the Brits are the ones who outed the whole, no, there's no fucking wiretapping. Right. Quit exactly. pinning this on us. Right. It has nothing to do with us. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm waiting for the story that begins, unnamed White House sources say anonymous leaks are bad. Yeah. <laughs> And and today, I don't know if you saw this yet, but the L.A. Times tweeted today Mm -hmm. the five crucial qualities from the U.S. Army's field manual on leadership. And they literally asked in their Twitter feed, is Donald Trump uh, qualified to be president? Is is he competent to hold this office? Based on the U.S. Army's field manual on leadership, the five things are one, trust, two, discipline and self-control. Uh-huh. Three, judgment and critical thinking. Four, self-awareness. <laughs> yep. And five, empathy. Yeah. And uh, no, on all sounds five. Like, so it sounds like a leading question, Blue Gal. Uh, kind it of. Sounds, is. sounds like you know what I I insisted on all of these when I was hiring lab assistants from the student body Seriously. at the school I used yeah. to work for, who were all twenty years old. Right. And, and had and, never held a, a real job before. No, this right. was their. This was their. Pretend job. This was their mm-hmm. first or second foray into the working world. But I, I, I required them to at least I can trust what you say. You're not a fuck up who's going to just run amok and, and blather and abuse mm-hmm. your privileges. You're not going to just do incredibly stupid things because yeah. at the moment 
You're not going to um, bring yogurt to work and spill it on the keyboard. Right. I mean, those kind of things that you Well, just... you're not going to start screaming at people at an art school that they shouldn't be looking at naked bodies on a computer because <laughs> it offends you. You have, you have a little bit of self-awareness as well. And you empathize with the fact that the people who are around you are in much the same boat you are. And right. they're probably under a lot of stress. And they need your help and you're the best and they're, they're going to lose their temper from time to time. And anybody who hires retail, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. tries to get that. And yet the leader of this country is the exact opposite of this in every way. And I, you know who I blame? I blame Hugh Hewitt because, as you pointed out <laughs> in your fine post, there was no one around to read, to proofread the second magic memo. Uh, because you do it, as you pointed out quite rightly, and I thought beautifully, he's vacationing in all the white countries. All the white countries of Europe. Yeah. He's busy. He he's busy. He's, they don't have white doing, He's doing Normandy and Britain, and that's it. Well, and, and the uh, um, the other problem with this was you don't make a – first of all, the, the, the problem with the original memo was you don't make a sequel to a flop. Right, right. The John Dean memo – was a flop. Mm-hmm. The, the John Dean strategy of Nixon sending John Dean off to write a memo that that explains everything to him and basically exonerates Nixon and sets Dean up to be the fall guy failed. Yep. It didn't work. So Trump not only tried this in a much dumber, more ham-handed way, and then turned around right after he'd written his, you know, he he'd, he'd conned his guy into writing the uh, get out of jail free excuse memo for him. Then undercut him and said, "No, no, that wasn't it. I just fired him because of Russia right. on television. On and television, then jokes with Russians in the in the Oval Office that this is why he was doing it. Ha ha ha! Because because Comey's a nut job. But then, so he, he screws up in the initial um, uh, in the initial uh, execution of this incredibly stupid idea. Mm-hmm. Then he shoots his own dick off. Uh, I mean that metaphorically. Uh, right away, just screws up his own people, screws up his own story, uh, undercuts his own lie because he doesn't care." Because yeah. as a person, he's he, he's been lying and defrauding people and shitting on people and, and ripping getting people away off with it for his whole fucking life. Right. So he doesn't fucking care. He's now, as far as he's concerned, he's king of the world, and nobody can hold him to anything he said five minutes ago. Right. But then comes the sequel to the stupid memo that didn't work in the first place, and you just sort of like you know what you re- there is literally literally no one in your tiny little circle of cronies and sycophants who can tell you that what you're doing is incredibly stupid. Well, I don't understand. I really literally do not understand why Ivanka or one of the sons doesn't walk in, doesn't, or even Jared Mm -hmm. doesn't walk into the Oval Office with a hammer and say, all right, Donald, it's, or dad, you know, it's your phone or your fingers. You choose right now, but I'm going to bang one of them. No, well, Ivanka. Because, because, well, I know Ivanka is just daddy and my shoes, right? That's right. And Jared is going to go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he's got problems of his own. And the rest of them are all, this is, this, you know, this is, they're rolling up the mob. I mean, this re- they're going after the heads of the five families. They're going after all of them. How, and they're following the rubles. They really are yes, checking exactly. on where the Russian money went because that's how you get them. And this is all because um, Hugh Hewitt took the week off. <laughs> it's, it's all Hugh Hewitt's fault. We miss you, Hugh Hewitt. Uh, I really do miss Hugh Hewitt. I, I said that to him on Twitter that, you know, please come home so that we can hear what you think of this fabulous, fabulous uh, memo. You know, well, we, that, that you loved so much the first time. Well, we have the stupid version of Hugh Hewitt, which is Newt Gingrich. Well, we do. But I do want to just mention one other thing, that Hugh Hewitt did give Donald Trump some advice this week yes. from from Europe, 
via Twitter. Uh, Hugh Hewitt wants Donald Trump to get started right away on his 2019 D-Day 75th anniversary speech. Yeah. And make sure that your speech writer Mm -hmm. (laughs) starts reading everything about D-Day, all the important books about D-Day. Yeah. uh, Because uh, it... This is going to be a big deal. It's the 75th anniversary of D-Day, and you're going to want to be ready. Well, D-Day, as we know, stands for Donald Day. And, <laughs> and, it come, and his speech will come with an action figure, just well, like Bush, it, it, of him. It, I'm sorry. It, it did um, remind me to go and look at uh, who did the 50th D-Day anniversary yeah, speech. Yeah, I and remember. it was Bill Clinton. It sure was. And Bill Clinton gave a 20-minute Bill Clinton speech, which was historical and flattering to the veterans and uh, mentioned the tremendous heroism of everyone else uh, who was involved with D-Day, other countries, uh, the soldiers, the the plan of attack, and uh, how these young men at the time saved the entire world. Yes. And then he stopped his speech and he asked the veterans of D-Day who were in attendance to stand up and he applauded them. Yes. And, you know, those days are over, Drickless. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> they, no, they will be they will stand up and Donald Trump will tell them about how he won the popular vote. I was going to say, hold up a map yeah. of the Electoral College. Well, and just this is a thought experiment. Let's pretend, just for the sake of a thought experiment, that Donald Trump is in fact suffering from a, a real, actual mental illness that is getting progressively which worse not, every day. Which is not a stretch. Not right. a stretch okay. at all. Imagine what it's going to be like in two years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, and and imagine know. what it's going to be like in two years, which is seven months after the midterm elections. Yeah, I, he will disappear if he survives at all. Yeah, he will well, disappear. He'll, he'll we should do all, a, as I said in my post, we should all live so long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. He, well, he will disappear. In, he will show up like the leader in in Sleeper. You know, yeah. just there'll just be pictures of him waving from the balcony, and he'll be wearing sunglasses. And his spokesman, his henchman, will take care of all official business. Mm-hmm. And he will simply mm-hmm. be unavailable. And there'll be tweets coming from the White House at all hours of the morning about. You know, whatever notions are passing through his big, dumb, empty skull. And that's it. If if he lasts in office that long. Um, that's a that's that's a question for a much longer podcast on a different day. Um, but I've had to explain to people a couple of times that no impeachment doesn't mean you win the House and he's impeached. Yeah, right. You know, two thirds votes vote in the Senate and the Republican Senate is every bit as debased and debauched and corrupt and awful as yeah. the leader of their party. Well, and and I would argue that we have an authoritarian regime in power right now, and it's led by Mitch McConnell. That's a re- that's a great point. You- he decides on health care. He's deciding on taxes. He's deciding who sits in the Supreme Court. Yep. What more do you need? Based on theft and uh, secrecy and breaking the rules and intimidation. Right. Um, that's and it. And every yep. other senator is sitting there going, well, we don't really know what's in the bill. And and reporters asking over and over again, tell us at least which specific problems you want to fix in health care with this bill. Right. And the answer is we want to get 51 votes. Right. That's the that was answer. McCain. That was from John McCain. Yeah. yeah. That's the, 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 uh, the content of their character mm-hmm. matters mm-hmm. not at all. Mm-hmm. It is simply I need to get to 51 votes. Right. And right. whatever, whoever I have to sell down the river and screw over and betray and, and fuck over to get to 51 votes, that's what I'll do because I'm a Republican and that's how we roll. Right. We should 
mention the DC shooting, uh, the, yes. the shooting at the baseball field, another nut job with a gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the tweet this morning that we are recording on Friday that said, okay, so now we can talk about guns. Oh, wait, you moved on? Yeah, no, sorry, <laughs> like, no. We're it busy. Just, uh, it just goes on and uh, calls for unity and calls for a change in tone um, led to a lot of uh, killery comments on yes. Fox News. So yeah. uh, I guess we're not there yet. Well, and I want to because this was this was literally not the most important story of this week. Mm-hmm. As as sad as it was, and as as frightening, it was another mass oh, shooting I'm in America. Sorry it happened, and I'm yeah. I'm sorry it happens everywhere. Right. And that's that's the point. It, it it is another mass shooting in the United States mm-hmm. uh, by a crazy person with a gun, and it's it's horrible. But it's always horrible. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm reminded of this um, this little bit from West Wing. You'll indulge me for a moment. Might have been the first episode where Toby's coat is found on a dead man's body who's homeless. And he was a homeless vet. He was a homeless Korean vet. And Toby uses his influence to get this homeless vet that he never met a proper burial in Arlington. Uh-huh. And, and you know, he sort of invokes the president's name and gets him a 21-gun salute and gets his brother, who's uh, the vet's brother out there, to, to be given a flag. And there's nobody there mm-hmm. uh, except the White House staff. Right. And Mrs. Landingham, whose whose boys both died in Vietnam, and she wanted to go along. That's a really beautiful, moving scene. Um, and but there's this little exchange where Bartlett comes in and says, you know, uh, I, I suppose, you know, what 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 would happen if we gave every homeless vet, you know, you can't just invoke me. What would happen if every homeless vet were treated this way? And Toby says something like, God only, you know, from your lips to God's ear. Right, right. Of course they should all be treated this way. This is what they've earned. This is what they deserve. Every mass shooting in this country deserves five days of coverage wall to wall of the fucking news. Every one of them. But they don't because they don't happen in the media's backyard to their friends. It's only real when it happens in their backyard and to their friends. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it could be it would be a wonderful um, opportunity to have another conversation about guns. But or to have a conversation happen. about violent rhetoric. I'm willing to have that conversation, I, too. I'm willing to have any conversation anybody wants to have. But we're not going to have – this is the thing that just saddens the hell out of me because uh, I did a post this week on the Christmas truce, mm-hmm. um, World War One. Yes. You know, when Where they, they sang Silent Night sang Silent from the night. trenches, there, there yeah. Across no man's land. They sang right. They sang, and they got out and they played football and they exchanged gifts and then they went back to shooting each other because mm-hmm. uh, their officers would not have it. Um after every national tragedy like this, we sing Silent Night across no man's land to yeah, each other. Yeah, but yeah. nothing ever changes because we cannot – there's no peace between us. There's mm-hmm. no middle ground between I want to take your kids' health care away exactly. to give billionaires tax cuts yep. and I want to provide health care to everyone. Yep. There is no middle ground between climate change is a lie and the only thing standing in the way of great uh, business success in this country are regulations like pollution and and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And not – there just aren't middle grounds. If These are not easy issues. But they should be. Well, and I think this gets back to, to not I, – I really don't want to talk about Megyn Kelly and Alex Jones at right. all. I um, but I think, I think talking about the word controversial is really important, which yeah. is um, people sell things on television by pretending that – Oh, we're going to talk with this controversial person, you know, and it's Milo or Alex Jones or whoever it is. These people are not controversial. 
100% of the sane people in this country agree about those people. Yes. And so what they're really saying is offensive people. Right. People that are offensive to sane people get eyeballs because they're going to say something outrageous that's going to make you mad. Well, and this is, where, this is where Blue Gal takes a moment yes, Blue Gal. <laughs> to... And and you and I have talked about this this week, and it really it gelled in my mind this morning as I was thinking. You know, we always, always I, I feel like every podcast now we need to just stop for a moment and uh, do a mental health check mm-hmm. and recognize that there is profit in violent rhetoric. This was what came to me as I was as I was listening to Hannity. You know, say, oh, we need to change the tone, and yeah. you know, and Joe Scarborough, we really need to just stop everything and change the tone of the of the political world and so forth. And realizing they will never change their tone because there's too much money in it. There's too yeah. much money in uh, hate speech on the right, in particular. Fox News is based on. Uh, you know, calling Hillary killery or sneaking that into the conversation. Hating liberals, hating liberals, hating, liberals. hating Obama, hating, hating Hillary, hating or it, uh, just Democrats hating. or the Democrat Party or however yeah. you want to talk about it. There's just too much money in that business model. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have on the left, those of us that are at this cornfield resistance level, <laughs> not in not in D.C. or New York nope. making six figure salaries, but. Nope. Those of us that are just trying to stay sane, uh, being bombarded with these stories and with this this hate speech and so forth, uh, think for a moment about who is profiting from that. Who is profiting from making you upset? Yeah. And that does not mean that you don't get on the phone and try to reach your Senate office about the health care bill. Exactly. Make a difference that way. Fax or call your Senate senator this weekend, please. Uh, we plan to do that. Um, I want to know from my senators, Tammy Duckworth and uh, Durbin, uh, what their plan is to stop this from right. happening. Not strategy. just not just the health care bill, but um, Mitch McConnell's strategy and how he is going about it, because this should be illegal. Yeah. And uh, so as you're kind of working through how you stay sane, one of the things to do is just stop and say, okay, who is profiting from making me feel this way? And I know that, you know, all of the kind of therapy self-talk stuff says no one can make you feel anything. Sure. You are, you're in control of your feelings. But when you're bombarded, it seems as though people can make you feel panic, make you feel as though you're going to lose your health insurance. That is actually a threat to your life or your child's life or yes. your child's well-being. Um, it's easy to get... Uh, to the point of fight or flight and and that violence and wanting to, you know, I've had fantasies that I would be ashamed to say on the air, folk, about Mitch McConnell oh. and Congress people who want to take away my children's health insurance and take away health insurance from children who are sicker than mine are or that have less than I do. Uh, you know, I had I I. I'm ashamed of those thoughts, mm-hmm. but uh, it's fight or flight. And, and I know that there is a political party uh, funded by billionaires that is profiting from me feeling this way. Yes. So uh, be aware of that and alert to it. And, and perhaps that will help you be able to manage it better and turn it off when you need to. And there's a there, and, and we're probably going to have a, you know, meetups with at least one listener mm-hmm. fan this week or next week. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had liberal friends in town who just want to know if I can talk to them mm-hmm. because they feel like they're going crazy. Yeah. 
uh, because everyone around them is either conservative or, you know, an independent. And, <laughs> and they're just talking gibberish and yeah. you cannot reason with them. And that's what's so maddening that the core liberal, one of the core liberal, you know, dogmas is we will we will sit and reason together. Mm-hmm. And when the person looks at you and makes it very clear that I refuse to reason with you, I refuse to acknowledge factual reality. There's no place to go. There's no way to argue. There's no way to discuss. There's no way to compromise. There, when one person's reality is it, it, one person is driven to fight or flight by paranoid fantasies of Barack Obama stealing their guns, right, and and turning the country over to ISIS, which is a lie repeated a million times for profit by evil men. And my fight or flight reflexes, my anxiety attacks are triggered by they're going to take my kids' health care away, which is true. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Fa- and that's they, they tell you right out in the open. There is no symmetry between these two positions. There's no, there's no way to talk at each other because the people you're trying to reason with not only believe lies, they have built themselves an entire shelter, an entire mm-hmm. bunker out of bullshit. And they're never coming out and they're never going to be reasonable and they're never going to believe you. And we have to accept the fact that although the Republican Party is shrinking, this insanity is going to go on for the next 20 years. Yeah. Not Trump, because, you know, hopefully with elections and democratic processes and so forth, we pry the power back out of their hands. But we're going to be living with the toxic waste dump that Fox mm-hmm. News and Hate Radio and New Gingrich created for the next 20 years. It's going to pollute everything we do because Well, I, and I think one of the messages we have to send because I was I was this this sounds like it's off topic but it really isn't. Um, I was looking at the polls for John Ossoff this uh, coming Tuesday is right. the election in Georgia. Today Friday is the last day for early voting. And I was looking at the polls, and the polls are definitely skewed as Trump voters are the older voters, and non-Trump voters are the the people voting for Ossoff, who also voted for Hillary Clinton, are the 50 and under, who moved to Georgia more recently than 30 years ago. And so it's the old Southerners who are voting for Handel, and and they're white, and they're male, and they're – and that was (laughs) – Handel has apparently convinced old white males that she is Republican enough to vote for, that yeah. they can vote for a chick, uh, and the race is tightening. So um, get out and vote if, you vo- if you're if you voting in that district. But um, the, the point was that the, these uh, people who are voting for Handel, they consider health care secondary to tax reform in terms of the most important issue facing our election. And when we say tax reform... We mean tax cuts for rich people. Yes, that's the right? most important thing The f- most ever. important thing is tax cuts. Right. So what I find fascinating about that is those handled voters are on Medicare. Yeah. And they do not realize, and I really think, as I say, this is important in terms of messaging to those voters, uh, what's your plan if you need a nursing home in 10 to 15 years or 20 years? Are you planning on paying for that yourself? And do you know how much it's going to cost? Because the majority of people uh, in nursing homes use Medicaid for part of the cost of that. And I think it's 60 percent. I don't want to don't quote me on that because I'm not sure the exact number, but it's a high percentage of people use Medicaid for 100 percent of their costs for 
nursing home care. At, at the beginning, you said Medicare, but you, no, it's, well, I mean, they're on Medicare now, and so health care costs is not their number one priority exactly it's because take, they're yeah. secure right they are secure in their health care so they're not worried about that's not their number one issue because they're not going to nobody's going to touch my medicare well huh? guess what your care if you uh, are blessed with a long life and even temporarily need nursing home care that's you know med- post-surgery or post whatever uh-huh. medicaid may not be there for you with the cuts that they are planning and there is a political party funded by people who do not want to pay for your nursing home care right period that is their purpose in getting the tax cuts in starving the beast in creating a fake crisis about medicare and medicaid and social security is they don't want to pay for you mm-hmm. to have care in as the boomers continue to age so that to me is the communication model for those people oh, health care is not my number one concern tax cuts is uh-huh uh, this isn't true. You really no. have to be concerned. This is your, and everyone, you know, the, the, the conversation that people have is you're, they're all tuned into, have you ever heard that line? They're all, everyone's tuned into W I I F M what's in it for me. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, you can let them know this is very personal to you and it is going to affect you. And if you have employer based health insurance, we're going back to lifetime caps, folks. We're going yes. back to yep. yearly caps. And what happens if you do get in an, God forbid, get in an accident or get shot on a baseball field. Right. And your care is a million dollars. Right. And you're in intensive care or you your grandchild is is born prematurely and is in intensive care for 28, 29 days mm-hmm. at hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. What happened? What happens when they re- are released from the hospital after birth and they've reached their lifetime cap for health insurance mm-hmm. at the age at, of two. At two weeks at uh-huh. two weeks? Two weeks. Yeah. Well, that's just too bad. Yeah. Well, that's what, gonna that's to what Obamacare gave you. Yes. And, and you, know, you didn't like it because it had the Obama word on it. Cause, it had, because Republicans put that word on it. Well, it had the Obama. I mean, this is what happens when you turn 60 million people into reprogrammable meat puppets. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, we can go on about the meat puppets for a long, long time, uh, well, but I think no, we need to get I to do. the list, too. I, I, yeah. well, I'm, 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 watch this incredibly smooth segue, Blue Guy. Oh, good. <laughs> If incredibly destructive, um, regressive, punitive tax policies Mm -hmm. and health care policies was the only thing the Republican Party was fucking up, then that would be bad enough. But literally every single thing they do is awful. Every aspect of the Trump administration is horrifying. Mm -hmm. And so we now we now leave the gutting the health care bill in private for a moment and the massive tax cut and stupid people who think that this will work out well for them and join Jeff Sessions lying to Congress. Right. Um, he didn't just lie to Congress. He discovered an imaginary privilege mm-hmm. uh, called the I don't want to testify privilege. And it was like, I, I think that I'm going to talk to the president. I don't know what he wants to do, so I can't talk to you about it now. And every lawyer who's not a conservative scumbag and the non-lawyers were like, what are you talking about? What is the legal justification? Well, I don't know that I have a justification so much as I just don't want to do it. This and, is the same justification that Rosenstein yeah. and and his his cohort on 
um, in front of the uh, House Intelligence Committee, or was it? I guess it was the Senate Intelligence Committee used as well, which is the "I feel like I don't want to tattle on the president on TV." Well, oh, that was Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers. Dan yeah. Coates. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't. I don't really want to talk about it yeah. so much. Yeah. It, oh, it wasn't it, Rosenstein. Yeah. He wasn't. No. He wasn't. He wasn't. That's right. That's right. It was Mike Rogers. I'm sorry. And, I'm getting them it, all mixed up now. And in addition <laughs> to, uh, in addition to 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 discovering a complete, and this, this is humiliating. I mean, really, this is the. This is the Attorney General of the United States being asked uh, repeatedly, what's the policy? Is it written down? Can you show it to us? What are you talking about? And Jeff Sessions just basically sitting there going, he's foghorn leg going, you know, I just don't really have to because uh, uh, 54% of the people in this chamber love me. And so go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, that was it. It was like, I know you got my back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. know I can get away with anything because let's face it my party controls this place and my party are scumbags who will protect my ass no matter what so fuck you i don't want to talk about it and he could have just stuck with that but he decided to also go to try to exceed the what i call the gonzalez threshold (laughs) uh the alberto gonzalez threshold which is a a theoretical limit scientists have placed on the number of times you can say i don't recall in a single uh testimonial period Mm-hmm. And I got to say, Jeff Sessions gave uh, gave Alberto Gonzalez, what is it about a corrupt Republican attorneys general that mm-hmm. back-to-back administrations have had really sleazy, awful, douchebag, moron attorneys general who all – who when they're cornered, I don't remember, I don't recall, I, I don't know, and just make shit up. Well, well, that it, is that is the but I don't think they're morons by saying that. That's actually the smart answer. It it uh, removes the ability to incriminate yourself, which is what you don't want to do. So it's a lawyer answer, but it's a lawyer answer for a corrupt person. Yes, right. it's and, a lawyer, he has to cover up and can't perjure himself. But then yes. he had to slide in. I, I got this special imaginary legal right. precedent that everyone knows about. Everybody, we all talk it, about it. But it is. It's the Gonzalez precedent. We know it. Yes, you're a scumbag. We, we, <laughs> we have this precedent where I don't have to tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Really, what precedent is that? Well, we talk about it all the time at the It's longstanding. Really, what is it called? Where is it written down? It's called I Nixon Gonzalez. Uh, it, it's. Um, Did you ever uh, talk about it? No, we never talked. I never saw it. Did anybody? Well, I was told, again, I just want... And I'm never going to get it. Uh, many more follow-up questions. Yep. Who who talked to you about that? Who told you that you could come up here and tell us you didn't have to talk to us? Who Everybody exactly? whoever whoever testified in the Iran Contra investigation yeah. taught me this. Yes. And, and we and also was pardoned. Yes. We also found out what Jeff Sessions' kryptonite is. Oh yes, we it's did. Smart black women. Smart black women. <laughs> Just completely flummoxes him. He's like, holy shit! This is what my grandpappy was terrified of. Mm-hmm. This is why we fired on Fort Sumter. Right. This is why we fought a, 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 to get Jim Crow. Because uh, look what happens: some black woman gets uh, gets all full of herself, gets up on a stand, and thinks she can she can question me. Doesn't and who know? and who who interrupts her? But John McCain. John McCain. Fucking John McCain. Maverick. John McCain. For the second yeah. time. Second time. Yes. What, two weeks. Yep. Decides that he's had it with that uppity black woman, making mm-hmm. uh, his mm-hmm. good, good friend Jeff Sessions look like the racist scumbag that he is. Mm-hmm. And so he decides to cut her off because interrupting women is what men do. And it, it's a shame that Al Franken wasn't there to question Jeff Sessions as well. Yeah. Uh, Al Franken wants his turn and I think should get it. We'll see what happens. But uh, uh, that that is one of the great disappointments of the week, in my personal opinion. You and I had a lovely trip uh, to visit my family last weekend. I saw both sisters, saw my dad, my aunt, and my uh, uh, lots of cousins and in-laws and so forth. 
and uh, had a great time. And on the way there and on the way back, we listened to Al Franken's book, Giant of the Senate. And we're not finished with it. No. Uh, Do you think Al Franken is is running for president? I think Al Franken is doing all the things necessary to run for president. Okay. Whether he does it or not, I don't know. But he is at – what's his biggest – darkest secret uh that he did cocaine on the set of saturday night live <laughs> that, that he was around a lot of druggies yeah. that his wife had a substance abuse problem right remember that used to be a problem yeah. uh we'd go after people's wives for yep. for checking into betty ford because that was that was a nice thing to do mm-hmm. um and he, and he has completely comes clean on all of on everything that. and yeah. his whole idea that look i wrote comedy for 30 years i said a lot of things i shouldn't have said well, he said a lot of things that he shouldn't ha- say as a senator. Exactly. And so as a, when he's writing as a senator, he says poppycock. Right. <laughs> but he's and, a, and he's very clear about, I'm going to say poppycock. Instead of bullshit, because I'm <laughs> a senator. Of, because I'm a senator. Blah, blah, blah. And, he's, and, and here's, here's what Al Franken is really good at, mm-hmm. which is what liberals need to learn generally. Al Franken is really good at telling a story. He is. Al Franken's he good is. at explaining shit. Mm-hmm. And, and so mm-hmm. the, the parts, that, I mean, I like the whole book. It's a wonderful book. Al Franken, Giant of the Senate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and of course, he'll be on the podcast maybe even next. Because no, he, he he's will. doing everything. He's going on he every is, show. He is on it. Well, like Newt Gingrich, who also has a book out yeah. about understanding Donald Trump. So, you know, they're, they're both out there with a book, both sides. Sadly, our trip did not take us far enough afield that we could... Play. Listen to Newt Gingrich read his book. His calming voice telling us about what losers and monsters we are. But Al Franken's book is very good, and and we bring it up for a really specific reason. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a chapter in there uh, that explains the healthcare debate. Yes. In incredibly accurate timeline detail. That's also not boring. So right. about how Obamacare passed. Right. And if you are one of those who wanted uh, a public option. Yep, like Al Franken did. Like Al Franken did. Uh, you will see from his storytelling right. what happened yes. and why it's not there. And, and and how well and how that's the legislative process. He's described. Yeah. Look, you can wish and want and pray for shit all you want, but here's how it actually. Here's the machine and how it works, and here's our opposition and how they are. And one or two people in your in your party mm-hmm. uh, who are willing to stab you in the back. It's all it takes. Right. You can have. 57 noble souls willing to go the distance and give you what you want. All you need is a couple mm-hmm. of Liebermans in the fucking crowd right. to stab you in the back and everything comes to a halt. That's how it works. I don't like it, but that's the way it works. And I got to say, I thought he was also very uh, candid about his feelings for Barack Obama. Yes. He, I, uh, uh, and how um, there was uh, some... I wouldn't call it tension. It really was a decision I'm pretty sure that Rahm Emanuel made of we are not going to hitch our wagon to Al Franken and the controversies. Again, there's that word, Uh the controversies that surround his candidacy. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as Barack Obama was running for president in 2008 and Al Franken was finally by, you know, the summer of 2009, uh, after several lawsuits, won the Senate seat, uh, there really was um, not as much uh, party loyalty, I would say, from the Obama administration that uh, perhaps there should have been. Yeah. 
Now, Al Franken is also very clear in this book that he feels Barack Obama was a great president. He's one of our great presidents. Uh, one of our great presidents and uh, worked very hard to get done what he could get done, given a recalcitrant Congress. Uh, but there there was clearly just a little bit of score settling with this book. Absolutely. Of, uh, the, you know, the Republican Party giving Norm Coleman $2 million to sue to keep the seat uh-huh. and the DNC wanting to give Al Franken $20,000. Yeah. And, and, and a <laughs> and target his, gift certificate. Yeah. Right. And his, his campaign managers calling them and saying, if what that's what you're going to give us, don't give us anything. Give us it's nothing. worse. Yeah, it's it's imbe- worse for you to throw a target gift certificate at us mm-hmm. than to give us nothing. Yeah. And uh, they said, what, you want us to add another zero to that? And she said, I want you to add two zeros to that, like yeah. like Norm Coleman is getting. Yeah. Well, and, and there was and, there was this rally that Al Franken was at the Obama mm-hmm. the, the big Obama rally, and they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't bring him on stage. That's right, because he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And they had him in the audience, and they they waved to him, but it was like, nope, nope. We're, we're not having our picture taken with nope, Al Franken. We're not yeah. giving you again. It was very it was a, a tactical, um, cold conscious decision, conscious, conscious decision, fucking Machiavellian decision that mm-hmm. the the pluses uh, are lower than the minuses. Right. Uh, and and right. we're not we're just not going to help. He might this. he might lose and he might lose because he said the F word on TV. You know, yep. he's, he made dick jokes on television yep. and we don't want to be associated with anything. Contra- again, there's that word again. Controversial. Uh, we don't want to be associated with that at this at this point in our pursuit of the White House and our pursuit of our agenda. So, but but this uh, the, the part of this the part of this narrative that I, I really appreciate is mm-hmm. that there is this childish and childlike, and I got to say, especially on the right, but there's plenty of people on the left for whom this is true also. Um, that you're either a hero or a villain. Yeah. You're either a, you're either the greatest thing that ever happened or you're a monster. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a real practical. Um, I think working for Lauren Michael for years actually made probably made him aware of the fact that a person can be a son of a bitch on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and be a genius Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Right, right, and both right. of those things are true. Barack yeah. Obama can be an absolute cold hearted political bastard. And he can be one of the great presidents in the in U.S. history. Right. Both of right. those things can be true. And, and, and look- he can be a visionary and be willing to sacrifice his own political career mm-hmm. uh, for uh, health care, for the ACA, uh-huh. and at the same time um, almost fail at it. Yep. Because he didn't get that you've got to tell people what to do and you've got to make create pain right. for people like – uh, Joe Lieberman well, and, 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 that, and, and know how to punch back. you got to hurt people. So you got to yeah. throw an elbow. You really right, got to throw an elbow right, from time to right, time to get them to respect right. you. And he, he didn't learn that lesson until it was way too late, which right. brings us to chapter 32 of Al uh-huh. Franken's book. Yeah, <laughs> um, which I don't have in front of me. I was no. going to read it in the voice of Al Franken. No, uh, you know that's we we have to kind of worry about copyright and we stuff do. like that. It's we just do. as well we don't have it in front of us. But we, you and I, when we got to that chapter of the book on audiobook, which by the way, depending on how you want to experience the book, some people just love reading and that's yeah. great. But for me, an Al Franken book, Al Franken reading it is the thing. Okay, yeah. so for us, I we bought. Uh, a copy of the book for Junior Dude as his yep. graduation present. Yep. And uh, <laughs> am I allowed to talk about his dad's present? I'm going to do it. Sure. <laughs> well, it's, you know. his father, my ex-husband, got him Condoleezza Rice's yes. <laughs> memoir. Yes. 
Condoleezza Rice's doorstop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I, you know, the thought, whatever, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Condoleezza Rice is from Birmingham, Alabama, where she was born. Uh, her uh, story of her mother dealing with discrimination in Birmingham is very interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there is that. Um, and she's an educated person. So there's that. Uh, one thing I really liked about Al Franken's book is you really do get that um, in the Senate and in his life, he has to learn. He has had to learn uh, to listen to people's stories and to uh, like talking. He likes talking to people. He likes getting to know people. Yeah. And uh that you wind up making alliances with people over issues and are being able to work with Republicans on issues right now. Uh-huh. Uh, he is working with Steve Cohen and um, Rand Paul to stop Jeff Sessions from messing with medical marijuana. Yeah. So, I mean, you can make alliances and you can work together. And, and he's working with, I forget who, to, to, do, um, to do companion dogs. Yes, uh, yes. For veterans for, with PTSD. For veterans. Yeah. Yep, yep. So he uh, has he has done things with Republicans and made made progress in yeah, that. And, in, and he, he made it really clear that you have to learn. You know, he he, he did what you're supposed to do. You, you surround yourself with people who know what they're doing and can teach you how to behave. And mm-hmm. and he, he, you know, his people told him, uh, he said the best advice he got was from Hillary Clinton. You know, mm-hmm. be a workhorse, mm-hmm. not a show horse. Right. And all right. the things he was good at are the things he can't do. Um, yep. being funny. He has, crack- he has staff that will pass him a note during a hearing saying you're being an asshole. Yeah. And he, and he thanks them <laughs> so, for it afterwards. He doesn't you. fire them. He doesn't call them no. assholes and fire them. He thanks right. them for it because he yeah. needs to, he, he takes it very seriously. He takes his work very seriously. And he is utterly, you know, just in despair over the state of the, the Senate and the government generally. And he's also extremely practical about how you get out from under this this monster, this this so, beast. So we're in the we're in the minivan with the three kids in the back on their phones and with their earbuds doing yeah. whatever they're doing because they were sub- not that interested. And suddenly there's chapter thirty two, and, and we're not going to spoil it for you. No, but it's a it's a long it's drift a, glass post. It's a long drift glass post it's about abso- outsiderism. It is absolutely <laughs> everything I've written for the last twelve years and we podcast on this thing for the last seven years. Yeah. I I am not kidding. It is an absolute. Yep. Uh, it's not plagiarism. It's 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 pure observation. But it really is. It, it t- he takes an entire chapter to say one of the things that is sort of monumentally fucked up about our culture and our politics and our media is the fact that you have this built-in system where the people who are on television are not allowed to say or refuse to say that Republicans are to blame. It's always the Washington culture. It's always both sides. It's always the or corrupt Congress. Yep. It's always yep. Congress. It's, no, it's not Congress. It's that guy. It's those four guys over there, and they're all Republicans, and they're doing it because they're Republicans. And this permits Republicans to get away with murder over and over and over again. And, and I would like you to mention uh, about the uh, Ron Fournier tweet this week. God. Was it Ron Fournier? It, well, uh, yes. Who mentioned Congress doing something, yes. keeping pe- keeping the media from recording in the hallways? Yes. Is, and uh, this is where, you know, no hope. Uh, th- yeah, there's a there was a there was a hot minute when the Republican Party was banning reporters from talking to senators in the hallways of the state of the people's house of the state of the nation's capital, which is so utterly pissing on the Constitution (laughs) un-American. But uh, the immediate reaction from Ron Fournier, who is one of those bottom dwelling both sideers creatures whose entire career is now made up of 
traveling a thousand miles to find fences to straddle because it's really important that Republicans never ever get blamed for anything exclusively. And it is obvious to anyone who watches the media, including Al Franken, that there is some really powerful force inside the media, financial, career, uh, you know, threatening your, your, your pets. I don't know what it might be that absolutely enforces a, a uh, mentality and promotes it where both sides must be to blame for everything. And so Republicans say no reporters are not allowed inside Washington's Capitol to hassle senators and Democrats uniformly go ape shit. And mm-hmm. Ron Fortier says this is just how the culture of Washington is. Yep. Isn't it a shame how the culture of Washington has done this? And everything is the fucking culture of Washington. And it is such an act of abject, craven cowardice on the part of Fournier and Matthew Dowd and Michael Gerson and all the usual suspects who are all paid enormous amounts of money to lie to us. And there are two distinct categories of lies. There's the Republican lies about Barack Obama's coming for your guns. Barack Obama wasn't born here. The, you know, the, 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 the crazy lies that sell um, – that get people hooked – So that 60 million of these morons believe anything they're told coming out of Hannity's mouth. And then Mm -hmm. there's that separate, separate category of lies that almost no one talks about. Um, Except now, I think that's changing. Uh, The enabling lies, the lies that let Republicans get away with this because every time they do it, Ron Fournier goes scampering into the cornfield to find some liberal to blame for having it for, for both sides being wrong. Right. And it's just such an obscenity. It's such an affront to the very idea of journalism. And it's and it's it's I mean, we acknowledge that the right is nuts. Okay, their media is corrupt and they're they lie constantly. But the ones who do the both sides stuff, which I have always argued is the worst, most toxic lie of all, are the ones who are taken most seriously, who are given pride of place at the media table. Turn on your television any day and there's Bill Crystal. And then Mm -hmm. an hour later, there's his fucking son in law on the same channel. These people are the problem. And and nobody has turned their um, um canon on these people verbally uh except i think that's changing because ron fortier did this and yeah that's a, what i wanted to point out you were you were actually comforted by this I, right about, about 20 minutes later his twitter stream was choking uh with people going god damn it Fournier! it's not fucking washington it's not both sides it's republicans why can't you say republicans what's what the hell's wrong with you here's the democrats who are pissed about it what and they just pounded away at him mm-hmm. and ron fournier's response to people and matthew dowd and people like that's response on twitter to people who point out that both siderism is a lie is to block them yeah. they don't block people who hate them they don't block ann coulter but they sure as hell block people who point out that that their business model the scam they're running is bullshit Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't mm-hmm. think Ron Fournier can block that fast. No, <laughs> I don't think he can no. Block because it, it was full of people who sounded, and I hate to be, uh, this isn't self-congratulatory, but reassuring, sound just like me. No, I was going to say, I it, it seemed like uh, the message, your message is getting out there. It's like getting pump up there. the volume, Drew Class. It's sure. like your message is getting out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, I think the, one of the things that the, the you know Trump administration has done that in coordination with the Republican Party that made him possible mm-hmm. is to make the is to take that picture of the America that we know and love and crank the contrast up so high that you cannot ignore it anymore. It is mm-hmm. so clear now that one of our two political parties is a corrupt husk full of monsters yeah. and hobgoblins and liars and that there's a, a squealing rat's nest of 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 journalists, quote unquote, out there who feed off of it by blaming liberals every time a conservative takes a shit on the Constitution. 
and mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. are the problem. They're the people who have to really hear from their public about how what a shitty job they're doing, and their bosses need to hear about it. The people yep. who put Newt Gingrich on television need to hear from the public loud and clear that we know your name, we know where you work, and we're really, really pissed that you keep doing this, and we're not going to shut up about it. We're going we're gonna to call you out on it publicly every time you do it. Every time Ron Fournier makes a, a, advances the Republican cause by lying about liberals, every time it happens in the paper, if, if a thousand people blitz these people on Twitter and on email and, and uh, through, through the U.S. mail and calls them up as, every bit as often as they call up their senators, maybe yeah. something changes. But anyway, I, I got a little bit of hope this week. Yeah, really. And I heard and- – I mean I heard my – I heard my – blog and our podcast coming out of Al Franken's books. That made me happy. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, go down our list. We're, we're almost at an hour now. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that people are going to bark at us and say, you didn't cover this this week? Uh, let's just, let's do a quick uh, speed round. Uh, the cabinet meetings have apparently been placed with uh, praise the leader revival meetings, which is exciting. Uh, and, and Trump was mad that people made fun of that, yeah. which is too bad. Yeah, too bad. But don't put, <laughs> but don't put your circle jerks on television, man, because that's how that works. Um, Trump is now officially under investigation for obstruction of justice. And his response has been to to take the biggest backhoe he could find and dig that hole as deep as it possibly can go on yep. Twitter. And, and one one tweet that came from the at dump Trump 33 account was uh hey at real Donald Trump why don't you save Do- why don't you save Bob Mueller and his staff some time and label your tweets with exhibit numbers <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. Well, I think that's exactly right. And speaking of Bob Mueller, it, it this week proved that you can make any crisis weirder and worse by adding a little Newt Gingrich. Oh my gosh. Uh who who went on the who attacked Bob Mueller who he had praised, you know, a year ago. Um, two months ago. Two months, months ago. ago. Who, who, and because, you know, the, the people on the right have no memory. They just don't. They don't remember anything. They only remember what they – they only know what they're supposed to yell about today. And they get information like that. Well, and, and you can be impeached if you are a unelected former state uh, – secretary of state. Yes. Then everything you do is impeachable. Right. But um, – <laughs> Everything. If you're the president of the United States and you're a Republican and you're Donald Trump, yeah. you can, it's physically impossible for you to obstruct justice. It, it just can't <laughs> be done. It's everything you do is okay because you're the president. Now shut up. And that really does get to the to the subtext of every uh, conservative critique of a Democrat, which is they simply don't believe Democrats are legitimate. Yep. That any as, de- as, as as Eric Trump says, as human beings, as human, well, as as human beings and as as leaders, that there there has been no Democratic president uh, in the last. 30 years that Republicans have treated as a legitimate president. I said something a little crude about Newt Gingrich on Twitter last night, Drift Glass. Was it involved him being a, uh, having a blowjob wife? Uh, his yeah, yeah, scumbag? It yeah, it was, it was more about the blowjobs that, yes. you know, of all the of blowjobs he's had from women who were not his wife at uh-huh. the time he was married to somebody else. Yep. He's, he's now atoning for that by blowing Donald Trump. He is. And he's one doing on damn, one, one for one. Damn fine job. <laughs> you know, I, th- I mean, a P tape would be embarrassing, but the way Newt Gingrich is groveling and rolling around in Donald Trump's right. shit on television. Look, Donald, it's a book I wrote about you. I, I love understand oh, him. This is how you need to understand him as a leader. But, yes. Okay. The, here's the thing. The, this is the thing. Again, this is right in our wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. 
it wasn't just Newt Gingrich blaming liberals for shootings or attacking oh, Bob yeah. Mueller when he was lauding him, you know, two minutes before. It was mm-hmm. the reaction to Newt Gingrich from right. his colleagues. Joe yep. Scarborough was appalled, appalled. I tell you, the new thing, he knows better. He's why is he doing this? This is crazy. He's and, been doing this for thirty years. Well, and Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd was just his word was amazed. I'm amazed that a former speaker would would do this something would be so conspiratorial. Because New Kingers came out with all these tweets about how this is the tip of the deep state spear, right? And right. The, Bob Mueller's in on the great grand liberal media, you know, trilateral commission Illuminati. Conspiracy. Well, what, what I did Trump. for what I did for my post was just Google Newt Gingrich blames. Yes. Oh, and if you grab headlines, yeah, go over to <laughs> Crooks and Liars. Uh, Blue Gal wrote a wonderful post about this <laughs> that has this collage of headlines. Collage of headlines that are just Newt Gingrich blames, and anytime something violent happened, it's either Obama's fault liberalism's fault. And and you and I immediately went to the Susan Smith yeah, event. Susan Smith, it was a tragedy. This woman who, and I went and read about it. I'd forgotten certain details that were just horrible. I mean, she was raped by her stepdad for years and clearly uh, dealing with major PTSD and major mental health issues, and she wound up drowning her children. Mm-hmm. And it's a horrible story. It's a tragedy. And, it's a real and tragedy. Newt Gingrich, uh, you know, blamed liberalism and said the, the, the way to get uh, past this terrible event is to vote Republican. Because this I mean, is just he, a typical he, example. He literally, of... he literally used the death of children to argue for electing people from his political well, party to argue from an, from a person who was really mentally first of all she was a torture victim right okay <laughs> and uh what she did was horrible but the whole story is horrible and he said we're going to use we're going to turn on liberals mm-hmm. uh, and I, use this tragedy to get votes that's that's what i want to that's what i want to uh, really underscore this was mm-hmm. a quarter of a century ago. Yeah, this was this is, in the 80s, And right? this was, this was I think yeah. it was the early 90s, Okay, uh, but I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure. But it was Newt Gingrich when Newt Gingrich was was teaching Republicans to demonize liberals yep. through his go-pack and his his uh, mm-hmm. his talk-like-newt tapes and and letters that he was sent out, teaching people the, the demonization words you should always use to talk about liberals in front of a microphone. He was Mr. Inside. Rush Limbaugh was Mr. Outside. And it was and, – and so – Newt Gingrich has been blaming our listeners, demonizing people like the people who listen to this show for a woman drowning her children, personally blaming you because Mm -hmm. liberalism caused this for 25, more than a quarter of a fucking century. And he did it while he was speaker and he did it after he was speaker. And he does it every time he opens his big, fat, lying, adulterous mouth Anywhere, And he's a con man on the side. He's a grifter on the side. And here's the part that makes it so perfect. People like Joe Scarborough and people like Chuck Todd are perfectly willing to wait 30 days or 60 days until the latest Newt Gingrich obscenity passes and put them on Meet the Press or put them on Face the Mm -hmm. Nation and just pretend like it never happened. Right. They are the The ones who make him possible. Chuck Todd and Meet – for – I forget which year it was, but it was during the David Gregory era – 
Newt Gingrich is the most popular guest, the most frequent guest on Meet the Press. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Long mm-hmm. after everyone knew what, a, what an absolutely evil little troll he was. The only reason Newt Gingrich has a public spotlight is that people like Scarborough and Todd give him one. And they yep. know yep. what they're doing. I mean, yes, Joe Scarborough can say, you know, Newt knows what he's doing. He knows this is terrible. Scarborough knows exactly what he's doing. He knows that yeah. trout, that putting fertilizer on this poison for years, Chuck Todd knows goddamn well what he's doing. And they're doing it for money and ratings, which is why you mm-hmm. cannot trust these people. Because now it's 2017 and suddenly Chuck Todd is amazed. The new king Well, and I, I'll just read from my, just from my, as you said, called it the collage. Yeah. He blamed the Virginia Tech tragedy on liberalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gabby Gifford shooting was liberals' fault because the shooter was an atheist. Uh, n- he blamed Obama for the Nice attack with the truck driving into the crowd. He blamed the Orlando shooting on Obama. He blamed uh, liberalism for the Columbine massacre. Uh, and then he was delayed at the airport in Atlanta, and he blamed Bernie Sanders. But <laughs> because because liberals, right? But why did he cheat uh, on his wife, Blue Gal? Uh, he's a patriot. He's a patriot. He, he loved his country too much. I love my country too much. I worked too <laughs> and hard. And so the blowjobs. Yeah, we had and to have the blowjobs because I love my country so very much. We're gonna roll into the rest of our list, but you know, a little quick, a little quick, new quick, goes quick. a long way. Um, right. One of the ironies of the shooting was that. The congressional debate over the Sportsman Heritage and Recreational Enhancement Act has been canceled a little further notice. That's the act that would have made it easier to purchase silencers, carry guns across state lines, and ease restrictions on armor-piercing bullets. The bills, and we know how much how important armor-piercing bullets and silencers are to sportsmen's to sports, heritage. Absolutely sportsmen. The bill's sponsor was at the baseball practice. Mm-hmm. Um, Almost 200 congressional Democrats are going to sue Donald Trump over his foreign business ties. I don't mean the Happy Chinese birthday. ties, but I mean the actual <laughs> corrupt business. This, this is turning. This is all that's going to be going on for the next year. Because, and that did not make headlines, no, folks. Because it when was 200 congressional Democrats, Senate and House, mm-hmm. sue the president for an emoluments violation, and that doesn't make the headlines. You know, there's a problem. Uh, Russian hackers uh, hit. Election systems in 39 states. It wasn't just uh, emails. It wasn't just trolls. It wasn't just paid hackers. It was now what they did in those 39 states. We're not sure, but they they went deep and hard and consistent and broad, and they did it to get Donald Trump elected president. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no way around that fact. And if you're a Republican, you got this is yours. You get to mm-hmm. do this. Um, mm-hmm. The, the uh, getting rid of the health care bill, the gut the health care bill uh, to give tax cuts to billionaires proceeds in secret. Um, but here's the part that's hilarious. Remember about two minutes ago when they had this cheap beer and circle jerk party to celebrate All that Bud Light? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that Trump threw for his friends in Congress. Well, now Donald Trump thinks the House bill is mean. Mean. It's mean. Mean, mean, mean. Because he realized, oh, man, this is getting shitty. Well, who do I blame for this? Those those bastards in the House who made up such a neat, mean bill that I congratulated them for two minutes ago. But, hey, I can you, do that. You mean the one we had a party for where yeah. I said, hey, I'm president. Yeah. Oh. And, yeah. and But I don't need to worry about that because people who trust me have no memory of anything anyway. Yeah. They won't remember this shit. Uh, China. Oh, did you, did, no, wait. Before you start with yeah. China, uh, did you hear what his recommendation to the Senate was? Spend more money. You need to put more money in more this monies, More monies. Put some more monies. Because <laughs> that's the degree of his involvement in his right. health, his, right. his, his signature health initiative. Right. More monies. Right. Make it better. You know, mm-hmm. work harder, not smarter. Um, China has granted preliminary approval to six new trademarks for the Trump brand. Speaking of emoluments, 
This will bring them up to 123 trademarks in China. China. That should be the headline of every newspaper around the world. And it's not. That's how deep underwater we are in our crazy. Um, It turns out the majority of Trump's real estate sales, especially since he was elected, are through secret shell companies. Mm -hmm. Um, It went up to uh, 70 percent since he won the nomination. 70 percent of the buyers of Trump properties are LLCs uh, compared to 4 percent in the two years before. Mm -hmm. And that's to make sure nobody knows who's buying what. Uh, The same Donald Trump who loves veterans so much that he blocked a group of them who made fun of him on the Twitter because that's vote vets. vets. Yeah. And this was the thing that uh, an overheard water aerobics instructor of mine (laughs) during class decided to get political and talk about how Barack Obama didn't care about vets. And uh, I left that gym and never went back. Going back to the Trump story, you have in our notes that since the elections, Trump's businesses have sold 28 properties for $33 million. And and 70% of them are LLCs, which means we don't know really where the money's coming from for that. And Hillary would have been impeached for every one of those sales. Every one, every dollar. Yeah. Every dollar of that would have been a separate impeachment hearing, uh, yeah. followed by you know six Benghazis, which we'll probably get back to because Republicans are like anxious. Okay, we're going to have really anxious to start talking about Hillary again. I know it's amazing. Let's squeeze Hillary into it. Everything. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, I subtitled this one "Candle on the Fourth of July." Apparently, uh, President Stupid has given Rents Priebus until the 4th of July to stop screwing around and make him look like a genius, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. is not going to happen. Um, so I don't know. Trump threatens to fire well, people. Uh, the idea of keeping keeping the bring up Hillary is a genius move by uh, Priebus, if it's Priebus's idea, because uh, even Joe Scarborough this morning said the reason all those tweets and the reason that he's talking about Hillary so much is the one thing that you can hook Trump supporters with is if you didn't have me, you'd have Hillary. Yeah. Yep. So Hillary hate is a golden injection of success for Donald and gets him. Okay. Yeah, you're right. We got to back Donald because yeah, otherwise we'd have her. I I want to underscore that all of this happened in the last seven days. Right. right. (laughs) All of this happened in the last seven days. And I just, I, you know, I think, just I know that that it's the crash after the sugar high is going to be is always bad. But yeah. I think listening to some old Barack Obama speeches, mm-hmm. uh, just remind just please remind yourself that this is not normal, yeah. that this yep. is insane. You are living in a crazy world run by crazy people. You are not mm-hmm. crazy. Um, and keep hanging on to each other. Keep propping each other up uh, because, you know, what failed again this week? The travel ban, the travel ban. Yeah. Sorry. From that deep state court system, right? Yeah, and and, right. and let's see what the Supreme Court does with it. If they if they say, nah, we're not even going to listen to this thing, then it's over. And then we'll see uh, tweets about, well, that will be it. Because then it's yeah. going to be, we're attacking on all fronts. I'm going to attack the Supreme Court. I'll attack the, the special counsel. I'm attacking my own attorney general. I'll attack, and he'll just go after everybody all the time. And that should be hilarious. And I'm sure Ivanka will then uh, repeat what she said this week about her, the fact that she's deeply troubled by all the hatred in Washington, all the vitriol. It's very sad. It makes her very sad. She almost raised her voice, and, and there was a crease on her face somewhere that reflected a uh, nominal human emotion, almost. Almost, but she's very <laughs> troubled by all the hatred of Washington. Your father is the fucking king of birthers. Yeah, your your nest is filthy. 
maybe go clean it up before you complain about the fact that, you know, that that Washington's being mean to you. Did you follow anything that happened? And this is a rhetorical question, because I've found that the conservatives I run across on social media, Mm -hmm. uh, the memory holes is back. They have no memory of the Obama administration. It never happened. Barack Obama was treated respectfully. He was treated well. Certainly no one ever threatened him or, or made you know, horrible references to him or called his family monkeys or, or threatened to lynch him or wore T-shirts or threatened the journal. None of that ever – as far as I'm concerned, none of that ever happens. Again, that's why you cannot uh, – I'm not saying this as, as a, an injunction. I'm saying this just as a fact. You can't reason with people who refuse to remember the shit they said yesterday. There isn't any way to do it. Uh, and we're going to read these last five things, and then we're going to end. Yeah, well, the last five things are just <laughs> reminders of what happened last week and the week before, mm-hmm. if you'd yeah. like to. Last week was the week that Scott Pruitt lied about almost 50,000 50, jobs being added to coal. Oh, yeah. These are old. This is old yeah. news. Right, yeah. right. Okay. And I have them okay. in there just for us because I think it's important just for you and me and for our listeners and anyone out there who's just a casual listener to just keep track of things because things oh, yeah. roll off the end of the blog roll so fast now um, yep. that it's easy to forget that – it was just two weeks ago that Donald Trump tried to smash NATO and piss off our allies to the point where they wouldn't play with us nice anymore. That was just a couple of yep. weeks ago. Yep. But this yep. week, as we do each week. Well, I, I wanted to end by saying that someone uh, sent a tweet from a podcast uh, marketing website yes. to say, uh, what do you do to inspire yourself to podcast? Yes. <laughs> Did you see my reply? <laughs> I did. I don't know if I saw your reply or oh. not. It's been a while. It's been a few hours. I said. I, uh, I think of a man and I take away reason and accountability. Yeah, Is that what you wrote? That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> that's from as good as it gets. Yes, can. it is. I know that's where a, that's from. I think, I, I, and that was just for you. I know it was on Twitter my, in public and everything. My feeling. I was just what, for you. what I replied was, "What's in? What does inspired mean these days?" Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> I don't need to be inspired to podcast. There's too much to talk about. So well, and, and, I don't need any inspiration to do that. <laughs> why don't you repeat what we always say about chop wood, carry water? Yeah. I, before before elections, chop wood, carry water. After elections, chop wood, carry water. Yeah. This is, yeah. this, we, are, we are in the uh, in the surviving and carrying on mode. Yeah. Okay. And, that, and no. And, and to get serious for just a moment. Yeah. Uh, what inspires me is knowing um, what uh, someone who sent us an Internet Kitty said to us this week. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Scout. And Scout's grandma sent us a note and said, uh. Hello from a lefty trapped in a deeply red pocket of Long Island, New York. Lordy, I hate it here, but you two help me keep moving. When I am speechless over the actions of Trump and the GOP, you articulate my frustration and horror, but always conclude with a note of hope and encouragement. Attached is a picture of Scout, who would love to be an Internet Kitty of the Week. Scout was adopted as a kitten from a shelter and is very affectionate with his human parents. You will notice from the picture of Scout that Scout is clearly related to our Barack Hussein, the Kenyan usurper, and Olive. And he is also a parkour kitty. Ah. He's walking across a banister. It's a little wider than the one that Olive uh, jumps on from the bottom step all the way up to the top step Mm -hmm. and then leaps as if 
it's no big deal onto like this little two inch banister up there. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. This is what I do. This is how I roll. And you can tell the scout is uh, of the tribe yeah. <laughs> of these par- these uh, majority black parkour kitties. They we love black cats. They are the friendliest, loveliest, most family friendly animals you could possibly have. We will never go back. Adop- really adopt uh. adopt. We will never go back. <laughs> adopt a black cat if you're going to get a kitten because people don't adopt them for thinking that they're bad luck they're the i believe it's the japanese who believe black cats are good luck but believe me they have been good luck for us and they are warm and friendly and wonderful and we like like dr class said uh we will have black cats in our house forever from now on because they're just so good you can send your internet kitty to us at our email address proleftpodcast at gmail.com where you can also write to both of us feel free to write us we love hearing from you Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go, Postal Unions! Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based iced beverage for yourself this summer, buy one for us. And don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local. Uh, apparently, Amazon believes in buying everything. <laughs> they <laughs> bought Whole Foods this today for $3 billion. Uh, you know, it's it's getting to the point where you're going to have uh, your Amazon meal delivered by an Amazon truck uh, on an Amazon plate. With, <laughs> you know, they just own everything. Anyway, uh, we get a cut. <laughs> Yeah. Not from Whole Foods, yeah. but uh, if you buy from the link at our website, and uh, we do believe in buying local, so do that first. We also believe, for now, in shopping Amazon with our link, if your alternative, if you have any alternative, is a big box store. Mm-hmm. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. See our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. Please share our show on Facebook or Twitter, and thank you for doing that. One thing I also wanted to say about how grateful I am for technology and how we are able to talk to all of you. Uh, I remember visiting my cousins when I was my children's age, and we would leave and not talk to them again for a year because long-distance phone calling was expensive. Uh And we didn't mail postcards to each other. We weren't pen pals. We just saw each other when we could, and that was as good as it got. Whereas the moment we got in the van to this weekend to drive away, and they had seen their cousins, our children had seen their cousins, uh, they were able to FaceTime and Instagram chat and whatever else they were doing uh, to stay in touch with, you, with each other. And so there's a lot to be grateful for in terms of keeping families close and uh, together and so I just wanted to express gratitude for the technology that we have. Mm-hmm. And we're very glad to have this technology, such as it is, the donated microphones and the old laptops mm-hmm. and the uh, $12 a month um, podcast hosting service yep. at grandfathered price. It's, it's <laughs> a miracle. I mean, this really yeah. is. I understand the technology yeah. behind all of it. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that this is a surprise, but the ability to do this. On mm-hmm. essentially donated and borrowed equipment for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for something we can afford every week is a blessing, truly a blessing. It is. It is. It is. And we want to say rest in peace, Adam West. We do, because well. Adam West yep. passed away, but Batman will never die. That's right. Hey, Drew Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Gal, the Internet Kitties are 100% pro-unity, as long as they get everything they want exactly when they want it. 